Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 87, and it's titled Sex Drive, Floppity Labia, Masturbation, Butt Plugs, and More. <laughs> so this is actually a listener questions episode, and we've got some really good questions from our listeners for this one. You know, one of the things that we really love to do is like, yeah, we, we always have ideas, and there's things that we want to share that are sort of part of our agenda of like what we want to bring out to the world. But we really love when people actually reach out to us and ask us questions, because this is like where the rubber hits the road. This isn't theoretical or ideas. It's like, here's somebody's real life struggles, and they're seeking help. And so uh, I'm actually excited to get into some of these questions, because I think a bunch of them are really common things that, that people experience on a regular basis. Absolutely. So we want to thank you, all of you who are tuning in every week and listening to the Love Lab podcast and sending us emails that you love the show or having questions because we exist because of you and we love you. So thank you. Um, before we dive into our first questions, and I think we've got like six of them, so it's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> We'll do our best. <laughs> if not, we'll do a part two or we'll we'll save them for another time. Anyway, they will get answered at some point. If not today, soon enough. Uh, but let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery. You can find it at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery, mastery training for men. So go to Power and Mastery. Com and find out how you two can be a sexual rock star. Ooh, yeah, the ultimate sexual rock star. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to cover, so let's dive into our very first question. And uh, I don't know who this one comes from, but um, this was Joe, this and was some Joe. some have some have names, some don't, and we understand that most people want to keep things anonymous. So whatever that is, but this is a male listener. He refers to himself as male, forty-four as his age. <laughs> yeah. So all right, I'll, I'm I'm going to read it through just quickly once, and then we're going to kind of dissect it because it's kind of a long question. There's a lot of pieces here, but they're all tied together. Mm-hmm. All right, so from Joe, your so-called remedy sounds pretty promising. Well, do you have kids? We've got a five-year-old single kid. How do you think you can help us? I, male 44, would like to have seven to times, seven to ten times sex a week to my wife, 47, is wanting me to be happy with one time a week and none preferably in her 10-day menstruation period. We're pretty desperate as divorce has been brought to the table over this issue. We used to have five to seven times a week sex before our son was born. We have no grandparents, and time alone can only be achieved by hiring a babysitter, but that would get pricey, and I work night shift two weeks on, one week off, and my wife has come to the conclusion that having sex at night makes her not being able to sleep even after orgasm. Sex in the morning isn't her thing as she needs till about 9 to 10 a.m. to wake up and function. And she just today said she never thought that she wouldn't be able to ever want enough sex for her man. Sex was also a substantial reason that I married her. Okay, 
All right. I'm not going to try to like answer that whole thing myself and then have you answer the whole thing. We're just going to take it piece by piece and then we'll each kind of give our own uh, ideas. All right. So here we go. Starting out with, well, great, your, your, your coaching, your products sound awesome, but do you have kids? All right, first of all, no, we don't have kids, but we have both been in relationships where we did have kids. In other words, our previous partners had children, and so we have multiple years of experience with what it's like to live with, raise kids. Um, yes, having kids definitely changes the equation. There is no doubt about that. This is why we don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, Full yeah, disclosure, exactly. we looked at the pro and cons and our ages and life in general, and we were like, we love each other, we're getting older, and it's not worth it for us. There are so much more we want to do, and it's okay to pass on that. And I think I really wanted to just put this in there because it's not an obligation to have kids, and it's also good to have kids and know what you're getting into. Yeah, and so the, the reality here is... is you know, you heard the entire question. And the very first thing that I would tell this person if they were in a coaching program with us is that having kids is going to cause you to have to change your expectations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that brings us to the second part of it, which is that he wants sex seven to 10 times a week. Now, all right, let's think about that for a moment. The first question I would ask Joe is, how he defines sex seven to ten times a week. In other words, for some people, and we have friends that tell us this, they're like, oh, my God, the other night was so great. We had sex three times. And so for <laughs> us, like, wait a minute, three times in one night? See, I would call that you had sex once. You, you may have ejaculated three times as a guy during that session. But to me, that's having sex once. So I would be curious how he defines that. Because if he's defining it from the point of view of... Yeah, we had sex three times tonight in an hour and a half. I'm going to go, okay, well, that, that changes things a little bit because now I understand that you could literally have sex three occasions a week, and yet that would be your seven to ten times. But, but if it's not, if that's not the way you're defining it, and you're defining the whole session of lovemaking as one time, which is what we do, which is what I think is kind of a better way to, to do it, you realize then that... Three of your seven days a week, you'd have to have sex twice during that day. Now, that's awesome. And sometimes we have sex twice in a day. But I would, the, I would really <laughs> caution Joe and say that that is a huge, with or without kids, that's a big expectation. We don't have sex seven to ten times a week. We would love to. We simply don't, don't have the time. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to have sex seven to ten times a week. Oh, I probably Sorry, would. love. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have sex, like a quickie is about 30 minutes. And usually it's over an hour to an hour and a half. I feel very fulfilled with that. When we have really good sex, I'm good for two to three days where I'm still like riding the wave, still feeling like orgasmic and happy and tingling from the experience. I don't feel a need to like go at it again. Okay, so so there's two answers, two different answers to that part of his question, which is the first one is is you have to be a little realistic. I mean, the reality <laughs> is is unless you're retired and you have nothing else to do, how do you have that much time? I mean, maybe if your sex is five, seven minutes long, sure, that's easy. But like if you're having good quality sex, 
how, seriously, how do you have that much time? Yeah, we want to know, like, how did you make that work before? <laughs> and then, but the second part is exactly what you just said, which is that if you're really having good quality sex, you feel fulfilled sometimes for days. Mm-hmm. And that's really true. I feel the same thing, too. Like, if I have really great sex, like... It's not that I don't want to have sex the other days, but I don't feel the need Mm -hmm. to have it because I'm like still floating from the day before or the two days before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when I read that question, that was literally my my reaction to this was like seven to ten times. And so let me give it straight to you here. Joe, like as a woman, I'm already overwhelmed by the amount. So I can have some empathy with your wife being like, okay, that's a little too much. Now, I also want to say that what kind of sex are you giving her? Because, you know, if she's not really wanting sex, she's probably not having the kind of sex she wants. And that's that's just a reality of things, right? And, you know, she might be used to having the type like just like this quick sex or whatever kind of sex you have, not knowing that there's something better. But here's the thing. You guys have been together for at least five years since you have a five-year-old. That means that she's gotten used to some probably not so good sex. And, And you don't know what you're missing out. But when you don't have good quality, after many years of having just not good quality, you're just like, ah, what's the point? Yeah. And, you know, at the, at the end of this question, uh, he says that she said she never thought she wouldn't be able to ever want enough sex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're telling us that you used to have sex five to seven times a week, which was kind of the next part, mm-hmm. and you're telling us that she never thought she would get to that point, what that's really telling me is that the sex was probably okay enough for her before, but she's probably just depleted. Mm-hmm. She's burnt out. She's tired. Like we know what it's like to take care of a young kid. And it is all encompassing and exhausting, especially for the mom. And that doesn't mean that you as a guy aren't working hard too, because you're out there working all day long and then you're coming all home. All night long for Joe too. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that too. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain reality that kids want a lot more of their mom's attention and energy. And it's draining. It's super draining. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a piece of advice there would be find out what you can do to try to ease her experience. Mm-hmm. And for her, that's really like helping her to get back into that place of feeling feminine and relaxing. It is really easy for us women to go into our get shit done, do it all mode, somewhat be, a little bit more masculine. And it's very relevant because I was in that mode last week and Kevin was just like, oh my goodness. Like, And the more you get into like, I get shit done, the less sexual you feel as a woman. But what's weird is you don't even realize that you're getting off balance. And and so I needed Kevin's help to be like, hey, Celine, slow down. Notice how you've been reacting lately. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. And then giving myself permission to do nothing or giving myself permission to take a bath or whatever that looks like. But for her, it's things that would help her boost her oxytocin level because... With lower oxytocin levels, she's going to have really hard time to even at- achieve orgasms, to have a libido. And so things that could work for her could be like spending time in nature, 
it's it's more me time and like Kevin said because you guys have a five-year-old she's probably giving a lot there and it would be more of time without the kids just for herself not working on the house like cleaning ironing doing laundry or anything else but times for herself of smelling flower going on a walk watching a, a romantic movie reading a book uh giving getting a massage getting together with girlfriends like this type of things and it doesn't have to be really long with um one of the couples that I worked with um, and they had two or three kids I forgot uh, but they had more than one and what they decided on doing was that when he got home um, basically he gave her about a half hour to an hour dependent on the day where basically he took the kids and I said mommy has some mommy time right now and she goes upstairs locks the door nobody goes and asks mom any question or asks anything of her and that's her time to unwind and that helped her to feel more receptive to becoming again intimate with her husband because she had a little bit of time to like ah distress. And so that's a strategy that we put in place and that has worked with for another couple. Of course, you know, we looked at a lot of different angle, which is giving you a quick fix. And that's not the only thing, but that's just one idea. Yeah. And the reality is, is that you know, you mentioned in here, Joe, that uh, the only time you get time alone is by hiring a babysitter, and that can get expensive. The reality is you have to find strategies that can offload some of the stress level for her mm -hmm. and yourself too. But definitely, since she's the one that is experiencing the lower libido, you got to find ways to offload her stress. And that can be hiring babysitters, giving her alone time, um, you know, taking on a little bit more of the workload of stuff that's going on. She's got to be able to relax and de-stress if she's going to want sex. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the next part on this which is you talk about the fact that you work night shift two weeks on and one week off and she doesn't want to have sex in the morning and she doesn't want to have sex uh, in the evening. Well, obviously with very mismatched schedules like that and you're taking the evening and the morning out of the equation, it doesn't leave a whole lot left. Mm -hmm. So here's my advice to you on that one is what are your priorities in life? Now, I know it's not easy to just say, okay, I'm going to up and leave my job or do something else. Like, I get it. It might not even be financially possible. But I do want to put the seed out there that you have to decide what's most important for you in your life. And if your relationship, your sex life, and your family are high priority, consider the fact that working two weeks in a row of night shift is not supporting your relationship and your family, and you might need to make a change. Mm -hmm. I want to add to this question uh, before we move on to our next question, and we're spending quite a bit of time on this one, but um, when I read that she has 10 days of menstruation and that she can't seem to function before 9 to 10 a.m. in the morning, um, there's something off here. And I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you that uh, most likely she's going through perimenopause or menopause and that her hormones are out of balance. That would also be why she's not feeling so excited and she's depleted. And so bleeding for 10 days is not normal. It's too long. So um, and that can happen too when you're in perimenopause. So for, I would say look into somebody who can help working naturally through rebalancing the hormones, whether it's through a naturopath or 
or acupuncturist or something like more natural to rebalance the body. But 10 days is too long. It shouldn't be that long. And not being able to function before 9 to 10 a.m. tells me that you're not getting the kind of rest that your body needs in order to be able to wake up refreshed. That means, again, your hormones are out of balance there. And so whether it's changing habits, going to bed earlier, turning off the TV, there's a lot of things here um, that could be applied that we have we don't have enough time to get into that, but like this is one angle that needs to be addressed. And from what you mentioned, it tells me that it is out of balance. Yeah, it sounds like her adrenals are really, really shot. It, it does. It but, does. And so when that happens, you got to take drastic measures. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to pop a pill and stuff. There's lifestyle changes. There's eating differently, different like different things in life and like slowing down. And, and that's going to require more than just uh, let's have sex. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's what I would say to Joe. We gave you a ton mm-hmm. of information on how to help solve this situation. And there is so much more that we could give you. I would say that if you're really serious about fixing this problem, that you and your wife should either work with us or somebody else like us, it doesn't have to get to the level of divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, any investment you make in your relationship is going to be way less than what a divorce would cost and what would create for your family. Just That's remember very that. That's true. Remember that. All right. We, we spent way too much time on Joe. Let's move on. Number two. You want to read it for us? I do. So this is from Goddess Megan. I am done with criticizing my loose skin, floppity labia, and in general, soon to be 44 vagina. Please talk to me about loving and strutting my every part. And what do men think of this? Particularly the those that are younger and firmer. All right, Kevin, give our goddess Megan your opinion because she's really interested. Then I'll get in. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. So I, I have been very fortunate that I've seen quite a few vaginas and they span the age ranges. When, even when I was in my 30s, I had some uh, lovers who were in their 40s and... Not quite 50 yet, but uh, definitely your age-ish. And I can tell you that from my experience, age had nothing to do with how their vagina looked. In other words, you know, as we get older, yeah, we get wrinkles on our face and, you know, like things change, we get spots and all. But I never looked at a woman's vagina who was in her 40s or 50s and was like, oh, that looks like an old vagina. Like, I've just, I've never seen that. I've seen vaginas that were well cared for and maybe some that were not as well cared for, but I did, I've never seen signs necessarily of age in a vagina. Um, And I will also say too that um, functionally, the older lovers that I've had all worked just fine. And so... I know that we all look at our own bodies and we see all these things that other people don't see. I knew it all the time too. You know, I'd say things to you like, oh, you know, I got this wrinkle here or this thing here. And you're like, what? Because <laughs> most of the time you don't even notice those things. We're always harder on ourselves. And, you know, 44, you're younger than I am. <laughs> I'm like, trust me, I do not look at 44-year-old women and think they look old. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I see a lot of 44-year-old women. I go, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have sex with her. <laughs> so, Megan, first I want to congratulate you for saying you're done. You're done with criticizing 
every part, including the uh, in-between-your-legs part. And that's a huge shift because we women are very judgmental, especially of ourselves. We constantly put standards out there of what we should look like or what the perfect version of ourselves. We measure ourselves all the time and we fall short all the time. And so when we have these impossible um, standards to uh, look like, it just, it's, we can never be successful. So understanding that and saying you are done and you want to change the dialogue is a huge part. The second part is to really change the dialogue. So I would love to encourage you to spend some time with your vagina, with your labia. I actually have a meditation. It's a free gift that I offer to women. It's a radiance and pleasure meditation that takes you through connecting with your body and most specifically your lady parts very differently and with a lot of love. Um, so we'll put the link in the uh, episode show here for you to, um, to do it. So I would really encourage that you do that one. Um, but yes, yeah, start putting some loving there and don't look at it from that critical point, but like be like, look at what are the things you love? Maybe it's the way that um, I personally find my vagina much more dexterous than when I was 20. Like, because now it's like I've been spending many years feeling her, touching her, connecting with the muscles, understanding how she operates. And I'm like, yeah, I have a much better handle on my vagina than I did when I started having sex and when I was 20. So can you celebrate that about yourself? If not, spend time to get to know her. Um, and then, yes, our vaginas do change. But like Kevin said, most guys won't even realize that. We do because we look at ourselves. And so whether you had kids, it could have affected. When our hormones start to change, whether we're in perimenopause or menopause, um, it could the, the skin could be a little less tight or like things could change a little bit. But it's minor. It seems bigger from your point of view than it is from anyone else. And really don't focus on that because it don't change anything about like how you feel things they're just aesthetic things so it's just about embracing who you are and then vaginas come in all shapes and sizes and so there are labias that are more prominent. There's no labias. There are one longer, one shorter. There could be like floppity. They could be really tight. Across like, all age ranges. Yes. So what you might think is a floppity labia because you're old, there could be 20-year-olds with that same floppity labia. And that's exactly. just the way they were born. It's a beautiful drapes that is available for some women. And it's like, just embrace it. What helped me change, I have more prominent labia. And it took me a while to really really love myself because I had boyfriends who made fun of me because they were sticking out. Um, exactly. And so that took a lot of time. But here's what um, I had a lover one day and he started calling them my angel wings. <laughs> and I have to say that that reframe really changed how I started to um, connect and love my pussy and my labia. So I want to in invite you to spend some time with a mirror, love it and see what other parts you can enjoy and how you can reframe. And rather than saying my floppity labias, it could be my beautiful angel wings or my petals or whatever inspires you, whatever brings love. Because to me, floppity labia does not bring love. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You just need to amp up the self-love a little bit. And actually, you know, if you haven't seen a lot of different types of labias across all age ranges, um, when you called them petals, you just reminded me of uh, somebody we know mm -hmm. who actually made a book called Petals. And it's all pictures of women's labia. And they span every age range, every size, shape, color. 
And, you know, I'm always surprised uh, that a lot of people, and, and this goes for men too, like they don't realize the huge variation in penises and vaginas, size, shapes, colors, you know, tilts, whatever, you know, like, and so when people see that book, they go, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not so weird. Look mm-hmm. at all these, this huge variety mm-hmm. out here. So that's something you might want to look into too, if, if you're having yeah. trouble with that issue. And we'll put the link below. It's Petals by Nick Harris, if you're looking for it. And the link will be in the show notes again. All right. So let's um, move on. Before we get to our third question, we have a question for you. Are you longing for more connection, deeper intimacy, and red-hot passion in your relationship? Well, we know that some of you are, right? So if you're a committed couple who loves each other but has lost a spark and has fallen into a boring routine, we have a special invite for you. We've created Relationship Synergy, which is a cutting-edge, next-level intimacy program for the modern couple to help you fire up your love life. So give us 90 days. That's all, 90 days, and we will help transform your love life forever. And you got a little bit of a glimpse of what it could look like when we were talking to Joe earlier. Um, so yeah, go out to celineremy.com forward slash synergy and you can find more about our relationship synergy program. Yeah, and what we did with Joe is just scratching the surface <laughs> on that. <laughs> that was 90 seconds versus 90 days with us. <laughs> okay, fine. 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question number three has to do with masturbation. Mm-hmm. I know you did a few podcasts about it but different angle i'm easily aroused by my man but not so much on my own with another person it's not like he has to work hard to get me hot i get aroused seeing him touching him and just being in the same place but i am on the quest to learn more about my body and orgasms and for that i am exploring on my own but it's so hard to get it going. I am rarely horny on my own. And when I start to get myself in the mood for the first 10 to 15 minutes, I feel silly. I want to see what else is out there. Bigger orgasms. This is a, this is a great question. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. So who, who starts on this one? All right. Well, I'll go first um, because I'm a woman. I've got a vagina. So let me tell you how to operate it. You do? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'd like I, to explore that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, let's congratulate you for wanting to explore your own body because that's a step that many women miss. They always expect somebody else to teach them how they operate. And it's very important to know how your own body works. As a matter of fact, no matter how like expert you lover is, you can learn new things. Like I spent time the other week really exploring my cervix and the inside of my vagina in a really different way. And then I called in Kevin and and we made love and we started feeling things differently because I had this new awareness. I was able to feel things differently, the way his penis was touching me and I could really tell when he was on my cervix or which position worked better. It was fascinating. But all of that was, um, I was able to do that because I spent the time masturbating. Now, when I started masturbating, I actually never really found a way to find it really interesting until I was about 23, because I would be bored. I would fall asleep, literally. That's how excited I was about masturbation. I would fall asleep because I was bored. 
boring. <laughs> and so what I had to do was to shift. Number one, I had to really understand how my body worked. Find, okay, find my clit. And then from my clit, find the hot spots within. So I had to like get a real anatomy lesson to understand what worked and what didn't work. And then how I like to be stroked. Number two, I had to let go of expectations about how things were, were to happen. And that's huge because when you're somebody else, you can surrender and let go and you let them do things. When you're on your own, it's an interesting place to find how can you surrender while at the same time um, doing the things. So you have to be both the masculine and feminine, right? And you can't be caught up too much in one. If you're like just surrendering, nothing happens. And if you're just like doing, you can't surrender and get to bigger, higher orgasms. So it's it's finding the fine line between like what you're doing, the feeling of it and the doing of it and like just being in the experience. And then it's about being okay with whatever arises because we carry so much shame around our bodies, around our genitals, around masturbation that you even say it where you're like, I, I feel silly. And it's becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable, meaning that it's okay that you might feel silly, that you might feel embarrassed, that you might feel bored or whatever else arises, and that you don't let that stop you from having an experience with yourself, that you actually stay with yourself and say, yes, I'm feeling silly and I'm going to masturbate this silliness out of me <laughs> or whatever that is. And it's the same when you're making love with a partner. It's not always spectacular. It's not always mind blowing. And sometimes things come up, but it's about being okay to stay with what is and seeing where it goes from there rather than fighting and should be something different because it never works yeah that, i mean what a fantastic answer thank you <laughs> I, I don't really ha i mean there are things i could say but i mean you just answered it so well i don't really need to say a whole lot all, all i'll right. say is congratulations on exploring your body i think everybody should do that and it definitely will lead you to bigger, better things. So just keep on the on the journey, and uh, don't don't feel silly about it. I mean, I know there are certain um, you know religious views or things that say maybe masturbation isn't good, this or that. You throw all that out the window. It's perfectly normal. It is hundred percent normal. There's nothing to feel silly about at all. And yeah, just kind of let go, or or as. Um, Larry Flint once said, relax, it's just sex. In this case, <laughs> relax, it's just masturbation. <laughs> All right, tell us about question number four here, Kevin. Okay, number four. Can you talk about butt plugs for men and women and how to use it together? Butt plugs. Woo! All right. Yeah, Let's, we can talk about that. We thought we should insert that one in there. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> pun completely intended. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I would say about butt plugs for men and women is that, yes, you can indeed use butt plugs for both men and women. And if you're a guy, it doesn't make you gay because somehow you've used a butt plug. Yes. I mean, we just need to come out and say it, right? Because I know, I know some men are thinking about that. Number two, yes, it can get a little bit messy. And yes, there could be some poop on a butt plug, little remnants of things. If you haven't cleaned up fully well, or if you're just like, whatever, how it is in your health. The healthier you go, you are, the more bowel movement regularly, the better it is. You don't have to freak out about like giving yourself like a, an enema or things like that. It's really fine. Like shower, put a little finger in your ass with a little soap, clean it up. You know, you're ready to go and that's good enough. Comes with the territory. It does. Uh, so just get over it. Don't don't get too crazy about that. Yeah. And and so how can you use it? Well, it, it depends. Mm. I would say the most basic way is to simply 
have it in there while you're making love. Mm. And one, okay. of, one of the things that that can do is simply increase the sensations. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking was there, I was seeing two different scenarios. Number one is, okay, maybe explore for yourself on your own before you play with a partner with a butt plug. Uh, remember that um, anuses don't self-lubricate. So lube is absolutely essential with butt plugs, okay? Um, so either you use a silicone lube or an, a coconut oil or a castor oil or almond oil, whatever you like. We're not going to get into lubes in this episode, but um, make sure you have lube and use it on yourself first because it's a weird sensation. It's different to be penetrated annually to insert the thing and try to do both the insertion and the removal because you're going to learn a lot. Like for example, don't just pull on the butt plug like this when you pull it out. This really hurts, especially if you like clamping on it because it's scary and then it can really hurt. So once you understand on your own how it works and maybe that you don't just Put it in. You massage around the anus. You spread the butt cheeks. You play with it. You insert it a little bit and then wait for the anus to open up and relax and then insert it more. This is a slow process. This is not just a boom, it's in. Like sometimes you see in movies or it's like they just stick a finger up the ass. It's like, no, take, take your time to do this, whether it's a <laughs> finger or it's a, it's a butt plug, right? And once you're more accustomed to it on your own, there are a few ways you can incorporate it in your sex life. So one way that we've done it is um, I played with it on my own and then I would walk around the house and be like, guess what I have? And then we made love while I, I, I had put it in myself. And so that was a good way to incorporate it. We did it where we uh, would say, okay, today we're going to do a prostate massage or if it was me, just like an anal massage and we'll play with the Lividon. And then like Kevin said earlier, then we put it, we do a whole thing around that, put it on, then make love. Um, Another option is it literally can become a foreplay thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I think like it's doing both. I don't know. I mean, you could potentially play both with your own butt plug. Um, and so you each put it in each other or you each do it on your own next to one another. I mean, there's so many combinations. It's so exciting. Right. You know, and I would add to that, too, that not all butt plugs are created equal. Yeah. The shape of it actually is kind of important because some shapes just don't stay in and <laughs> others do. So and there's many different sizes. Uh-huh. We would recommend starting out with something really small mm-hmm. until you get used to it otherwise it can be kind of painful of course absolutely use lube and clean it very very well and if you share it with your partner if you share the same one make sure after you're done like if it's the kind you can boil or whatever but like clean it really well Mm -hmm. you brought a good point with the different shapes uh, because you want to have a stem right stem right yeah something that you can use to pull it out with yeah it it needs to be long enough because i started with smaller butt plugs because i'm not really into big things in my ass some people love it but if your starter starts smaller but what we found was really that stem that sticks out from the butt plug needs to be longer because we had a shortened one we had this really cutesy little butt plug yeah they can disappear 
Well, no, it didn't, it didn't disappear, remember? As soon as I would have an orgasm, I literally, like, shooted it out of my anus. Well, that's because it's not the right shape. Yes. And it's 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 the part that's near the stem. If it's too round, yeah. th- there's nothing to grip onto, and they, yeah. they can just go flying. But, you know, but, if you go to a sex store, they're, they're also super knowledgeable and tell them what you're looking for and that you're, like, a novice, and they give you really good advice. Don't be afraid to ask them questions because, like, seriously, they work in a sex store. Yes. Like, they're loving this stuff. When people yes. come up and ask these questions, they'll come up. Well, see, I use this one, and let me tell you why. And like, this is my ex- like. They'll mm-hmm. go. They'll go all out for you on that one. All right. What do you think? Are we good for today? Did we get? We didn't get all our questions, but we've got more, and we might do another episode at another time. Uh, yeah, we kind of are at the time limit. Darn, we have more questions to cover. Well, well, you know, we love your questions. Keep them coming. Pun intended. And uh, we've got a few more in stock. So we usually make episodes when we get enough questions to make a full episode. So if that episode sparked more questions for you, feel free to email us. The email is into the link, the episode link. Uh, We love those questions. We put them together. We hope that today was really um, helpful and that it got you to start to think about new things, new ways of approaching your sexuality, embracing your body, playing with toys. I had fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And just know that, you know, one of the things you learn from all of these questions is that you, whatever questions you have or whatever um, things you think about your own body or experiences you've had, you're not alone. And that's probably one of the biggest things that you can take away is that there's tons of other people who have very similar things and it's totally normal. And there's no such things as silly questions. Get them out there, embrace it so you can move past that. That's right. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.